Hey, everybody. Welcome to Connect and Cannabis brought to you by Razzle. I'm your host, Brian Holler. I hope everybody's doing well today. Uh, our guest uh, today is going to be Jane Castro, Senior Director of Operations for Manifest 7. Uh, she's here to talk to us about uh, her journey, uh, how she came to be at Manifest 7, uh, being a woman, uh, and even specifically a woman of color in the industry, and um, all sorts of good inspirational um, conversations, of course. But first, we have to uh, hear a little bit about our lovely sponsor today. Founded by former NFL All-Pro Kyle Turley, NeuroXPF is a sports supplement company specializing in the medicinal benefits of cannabinoids. NeuroXPF makes and sells a full line of high-quality, certified organic, hemp-derived CBD products. All NeuroXPF products are THC-free. They use a special CO2-extracting process to isolate the CBD, working hard to preserve the terpenes uh, in order to modulate the effects of their hemp-derived CBD. This adds that little extra punch to NeuroXPF products, so they taste better and provide some beneficial qualities. To learn more about and purchase the NeuroXPF's products, please visit their website at neuroxpf.com. For more information about their current investment opportunity, please visit the Razzle Investment Marketplace at razzle.com. All right, so we're back. Thank you, Jane, so much for being here. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me. My pleasure as always. Um, so uh, let's jump right on in, shall we? Um, so your background is kind of interesting, I think, in comparison to a lot of folks that I speak with. Um, you were in banking. Right. Um, so let's uh, talk a little bit about kind of before you entered into cannabis, you were a you, you were in the banking industry. What were you doing? Uh, so before I before I jumped into the cannabis space, I actually was vice president of SBA and USDA lending for uh, a publicly traded bank um, that had 11 billion dollars in assets total. So pretty big load. Um, we lent across the nation in multiple states, some of those states. Uh, being legal escrow versus sort of the escrow that we have in in, in California. So again, you kind of have to deal with a different beast there when you're dealing with two sets of attorneys for different two different parties. And as a bank, you're just trying to secure your collateral and lend people some money. So um, definitely used to the whole navigating through some regulatory limitations, um, which is definitely very prevalent in the cannabis space. Um, but yeah, the, the credit underwriting thing I did for about 15 years, um, prior to that, I, I was historically a banker. I started as a teller when I was 18 okay. doing <laughs> transactions. I was the gal that greeted you when you came into the branch, um, sure. worked my way up through retail sales and management and things like that. Um, the brief stint that I took away from banking, um, I was actually the director of finance for um, a group called Combined Health Agencies Drive, which used to run a campaign with uh, United Way. So we kind of housed a portion of their community fund. So I, I kind of feel like ultimately everything that I've kind of done through my education and even my career kind of led me to the very um, community-oriented nature of cannabis, as well as sure. the the very, very complex regulatory space that we all have to kind of operate in. That would make a lot of sense. Um, and of course, you know, you had to have some passion for cannabis, you know, probably just, you know, I, I would imagine that was just developed as a youngster, <laughs> like a lot of us. Um, that is, that would be accurate. Um, I, I definitely have been a consumer for a long time. I honestly think that um, I've, I have a control freaky nature, which I think a lot of type A people have. Um, sure. and, and I think that as an adult, and certainly now that we've, I've aged and, and we've 
got all this research behind cannabis, I, I now realize that a lot of a lot of my consumption as a as a young adult was was probably a, a lot of uh, self medication, and sure. and so it just it really helped helped me in that capacity. So. Um, in addition to that, I actually have a brother who is epileptic. And so obviously, um, with a lot of the advances in, in that regard, and with, I'm going to screw up the name because I do all the time, um, with epithelia, like specifically for, for that type of epilepsy, it's really interesting to see all the different things that we're learning about this plant that, you know, yep. has been literally rendered under our nose for, for so long and, and unfortunately uh, stereotyped as, as a negative. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, I think a big part of destigmatizing uh, it all in general is to hear people who are professional basically sit there and say, yes, I've, you know, I've, I consume, I use it, um, whether for medicinal purposes and or, or recreational purposes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. As do I, but I also use it for medicine too. It just depends on, right. you know, what's going on. You know, if I, I get lower back pain sometimes, right? So sure. a good tincture can help or some, you know, uh, some lotion, you know, yeah. might work. Uh, but then sometimes I want to have, you know, my glass of wine to wind down my evening, right? So absolutely, absolutely. I and I definitely okay don't want to, yeah, I definitely <laughs> don't want to discount the value and recreational use. Um, definitely in our oh, my course. position as uh, in operations for distribution throughout <laughs> California, um, I definitely right. get a lot of comments from my East Coast family about that Cali weed. So I'm I sure, yes. <laughs> As they should. As they uh, should, you know, you know as we, they should. we definitely have a premium product out here. So uh, I, I'm glad, I'm glad, you know, people like Snoop Dogg <laughs> paved the way for that easy advertising for me in the future. So that's right. Um, but yeah, speaking, uh, of, go ahead. Oh, speaking of a company with great products, obviously. So you're in banking, you are pro cannabis. Um, you have friends who are, you know, dabbling in the industry. Yeah. How do you kind of, uh, become senior director of operations for manifest seven <laughs> uh so yeah i like i mentioned i i when i left the banking industry i was already at a fairly high position within credit underwriting specifically within government lending so it was uh already for i think most people i was set in my career and i probably could have coasted through the rest of my professional career um, doing banking and probably making a fair amount of money and feeling relatively uh, fulfilled in that regard. But one thing that I didn't really get in my later years as a credit underwriter that I definitely had in the beginning was that sense that I was helping somebody. So when right. I first when I first started in credit, I was doing these little lines of credit for you know Doug who's getting his third subway and. <laughs> And he just needs to have a way of making the purchases for his food so that he can sell his sandwiches and, you know, very just right. normal commercial activity. But when I first started in my lending career, I was, I was helping little ma and pa shops. I was at a smaller banks, really doing very traditional, what you think of when you think small business lending. It really was a very small business. Um, right. As I became more seasoned and was working larger portfolios with, you know, individuals that had a variety of percentages of ownership and a variety of different um, business ventures. You just kind of look at the customer in a different way and it's benefiting them in a different way. It, it definitely is still benefiting. I'm, and I'm super glad that I was able to help my customers. I, I love all of you guys too, but, um, <laughs> but it's, uh, it, it's a different 
the, the heartstrings feel a little bit different, right? And so that's actually one of the things that I, I truly love about the cannabis industry is that there is this ingrained culture of community within this space um, that you don't find in a lot of places. Um, so anyway, the way that I came in, um, I, I have a friend that has been in the cannabis space since 2015. And when uh, the permanent regulations <laughs> sure. were released by the BCC in January 2019, um, he, he said, you know, you, the cannabis space needs you. You have, as a career, navigated through credit policy, state limitations on localities and securing collateral. You've navigated through policies of state guaranteed loans, USDA loans, SBA loans, and all kind of blended all that stuff together and caked out a loan that could actually help a business so that they could weather the storm, support seasonality, do a refinance with some improvements, whatever it is that that owner's goal was. I was, I was able to find a way to help them that also didn't uh, go against any policy or the spirit of those government programs. Because that's obviously very important when you're doing uh, SBA loans, is that it's the spirit of, gen of supporting small business owners. Of course, which um, I, I think is interesting because you're, you're um, like, I know anybody listening is going like the first five minutes of this conversation, they're hearing your background going, Oh my gosh, she is amazing for cannabis. We need way more, you know, of that, you know? Um, and I, I, I think it's interesting because um, a lot of people, and I guess I can include myself, like come from professional backgrounds and, you know, and then all of a sudden we find ourselves immersed in cannabis uh, where we can wear multiple hats. But to your point, that communicative, like community based kind of feeling of helping, yeah. Uh, is really something that it's hard to put a, um, a finger on. I know us at Razzle, we really value that. Like that's probably one of the more right. favorite things about helping people get buttoned up and raise capital and, you know, get organized in that, in that re respect. And I got to think if I manifest seven and I see you, I'm going, wow, this is amazing. Especially considering we're a model <laughs> that acquires other businesses. Right. 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 Absolutely. And and during some of the acquisitions that I have been able to be loosely a part of with our chief investment officer, um, there definitely is a lot of banking banter and, and looking at the financials in a, in a certain capacity because that is truly what I did for you know 15 plus years is I can look at a set of financials for a business and kind of see what they need in terms of liquidity to get them to, to support that next level or to, to support a particular contract say they're bringing on a particular brand that's just starting or if you're white labeling there's just a lot of different scenarios that have been presented over time um, as opportunities that uh, I think that I have the ability of looking at it a little bit differently than maybe someone that came from a more traditional cannabis background. Yeah and that makes a lot of sense um, and then of course you have other uniqueness in the space uh, basically being a female senior director of operations. Um, I don't think that there's a tremendous amount of those no. uh, in the cannabis space quite yet although you know I'm sure we hope to see more and more and more happen as, as time goes on. Um, honestly has that been a hindrance at all? Have, have you faced any you know kind of hurdles uh, in that respect? Uh, honestly, I haven't had any like hurdles. I would I would say I think sure. that it's it definitely is true that there's not a lot of males in at this level of management for distribution, whether it's whether it's cannabis or otherwise. Just I think distribution is has historically been a very male dominated industry, 
Um, yeah. But it's that's not unlike the banking industry. You know, it's, right. uh, that that is also a very heavily male-dominated industry. And um, you know, I, I actually do, and I, I find it interesting that I actually get this question a little bit more often now that I'm at Manifest Seven than I have sure. in the past. Um, you know, what is it, what is it like to be at the table? You know, like, are you, are you the only woman there? Is there anybody else of color there? And, you know, for me, I honestly really wasn't particularly aware of that. Um, sure. until you kind You're of, doing a job. yeah, you, you know, I'm doing a job, I'm doing a great job and you know, right. I advance and it's just sort of like, I'm here. It really, right. <laughs> there was really no like, well, gee, is it because I'm female? You know, that's not, right. that has never been the thought process. It's always been very merit oriented rather than, right. um, you know, any sort of nepotism. Shady Creek Trading Company produces and distributes cannabis-infused wild meat jerky products. Co-created by Settlers Jerky founder, Shady Creek Trading Company is an infused jerky products and distribution corporation located in Nevada City, California. Nomad Jerky Bites is their premier product, a packaged pouch with hearty bites of ethically raised buffalo fortified with THC. Shady Creek Trading Company are the innovators of the infused meat jerky market. They are compliant by all FDA standards and use cured strips of real buffalo as opposed to pressed jerky. To learn more about Shady Creek and their current investment opportunity, please visit the Razzle Investment Marketplace at Razzle.com. Um, you know, do you have any advice for females or people of color trying to kind of break through those barriers, you know, um, sure. you, know uh, you know, pieces of wisdom that they could take with them? Um, I would say, and this would be universal to anyone, regardless sure. of what demographic they, they may fit. I, I, I would honestly, I would kind of urge anybody that is an active consumer and sort of has that forward-facing version of themselves that is very traditional. Um, right. I would encourage any and all of us to support the effort of normalizing consumption. I, I do have the privilege of being able to break down some barriers with people um, and, and people get to that level where, you know, attorneys and doctors and people that sort of may not want everybody to know that they consume as well um, because right. they have a conservative background or position or or maybe they're in the media and they, they also kind of worry about the the ramifications of, of what that might be um, but at the end of the yep. day i would say that if you're interested in cannabis if you're about the culture of cannabis if you see yourself being a benefit to the industry then i would just encourage you to learn more i would encourage you to network more with with the people in the space and see where your see where your fit is. And the consumption of cannabis is never going to be normalized if you don't accept it yourself first, right? Um, one of the yeah. one of the first meetings that I had with the brand was uh, with a CEO, and it was my very first meeting. So I'm 20 years of banking. I'm in my banker outfit, That's right. <laughs> my glasses on. You know, <laughs> I'm ready. My little briefcase and everything, and I'm ready to do business as usual. Um, regardless of my outfit, right? Like I, right. I knew what I came to do and what we needed to, to discuss. Um, but for him, coming from a very traditional cannabis background, having this person show up in full business suit and just geeked to the extreme, before I could even greet him, he asked me if I had ever consumed in my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But, I mean, yes, because people who wear suits don't smoke cannabis, do they? That, that never happens, does it? <laughs> right. I, I mean, when we would go to facilities, people would look at me like I was the fuzz. It was just, you know, there's a, I think, somewhat of a psychological barrier there uh, yeah. on both ends, right? So we've, yes. got, we've got stereotypes for, for consumers, and I think yep. that we're all definitely very familiar with all the various things yes. that, that heavy cannabis consumers tend to right. refer to. And, yep. and then we also have, you know, sort of a, a stereotype of what you expect those that have traditional jobs not being able to understand or identify with heavies consumers, right? So yeah. um, I, I think that as the two worlds com combine and kind of have to combine in a regulated space in, in the fifth largest economy in the world. <laughs> yes. There is yep. really no choice but to blend the two. And, and yep. I firmly believe that those that are able to blend the two um, effectively will be the ones that, that, that win everything. They'll, they'll be the yeah. ones that, that yeah. succeed in the long term. Exactly. And I mean, that's why Razzle exists. Uh, I know Manifest 7 has somewhat of the same mantra, like we're going to grow and we're going to, you know, bring new eyeballs, new money, new ideas, um, and some established ones that work to the table to blend, blend, not to get rid of, to blend, right, with the kind of traditional cannabis space, right? And I think that that's, you know, like, you're right. Um, those of us who are positioned to kind of bring those two sides together, whether it's from a functional standpoint or simply a business model, right. um, I think stand to basically have a lot of success. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. Because there's, everybody comes with their own sort of expertise from where yeah. they came from before. And at the end of the day, regardless of how complicated the regulations can be and the limitations that they that they put on operators to, to successfully and smoothly and profitably operate. <laughs> yes. Um, at the end of the day, this is just regular commercial activity. We're taking a product that has a demand. We're That's selling right. it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just like anything else. If you, just if like you, uh, else. if you have passion for it, and I, you know, to bring it back to your advice you were giving, I really like the idea that, you know, I, I can think of conversations I've had with fellow professionals that are in different spaces or different industries, you know, that consume, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, they'll be like, oh, I just like to, you know, consume. But they don't realize that, hey, you're a multi-advanced degree holding C-suite professional in uh, law, retail, right. whatever, right? Just you being able to say that. Yeah. And publicly own up to that, right? It's yeah. super powerful. People want to know what they can do. Admit that you enjoy cannabis. Yeah. Number one, yeah. just admit it. Just admit, admit it, it to everybody that'll that's listen. And, and that's step one. Because like Jane says, if you can't, like how are you supposed to be in the space if you can't even admit that you like it? Right. Or that you exactly. don't do, or that you, can admit, you can't admit that or you that do. Or that you're ashamed of it, right? Like you only, you're, you only hide things that you're ashamed of. And right. I don't think that there is, I don't think that there's any reason that anybody should be ashamed of consuming cannabis, whether it's for medicinal use purposes or recreational purposes. If, if, if there are people out in the world that can wear, you know, it's wino clock t-shirts, right. you know, and, yes. and like we can admittedly embrace and almost celebrate being wasted 
on alcohol, then I don't understand what the problem is with, you know, if you want to get, when you get home from a long day at work and if you want to roll a joint and you want to walk the dog or sit on your patio and just relax, I, I see zero reason why there should be any shame in that type of activity when, when the, literally the same thing is happening on the side of alcohol and it's being done with pride and boastfulness, right? So um, it really is going to take somewhat of, I think, a, a culture change, a cultural change, um, yep. but it all starts with people that don't fit that stereotype, right? It's, it's being yeah. able to show very conservative narratives that, hey, not just because I smoke every day doesn't mean I have couch lock and that I can't yes. be a professional. Um, one fact, of the other the things- Oh, go ahead, sorry, Jane. So I, I actually have a friend that, that's in the law enforcement. Um, <laughs> and he, he asked like, okay, so uh, now that you are in the weed business, does that mean that you guys just like, what, smoke weed every day and just hang out in someone's garage and smoke weed every day? <laughs> like, I work well, for a multi-million you know, <laughs> yeah. dollar conglomerate. Thanks. And part of that is just having that narrative, right? It's having yeah. people, number one, that are comfortable enough with you to ask, albeit somewhat silly questions, like, no, we're not sitting in somebody's garage getting high all day. Um, yeah. but it's giving them the real answer, right? Like, yeah. yes, I do consume. Does that mean that I'm smoking weed all day long? No, I don't yeah. think anybody really is like doing, I don't, I haven't met anybody that is doing it literally all day long, but yes, if I go to a networking event and, and maybe there, that type of networking event, it would have been appropriate to have alcohol. I can almost guarantee you that if this is a cannabis event, there was probably consumption happening at some point. Whether, whether somebody ate an edible on the way in or, uh, or whatever. Or they're having joints out in the deck or whatever, exactly or whatever, right. Or their hotel before they come or whatever it is that people end up doing. You know, yeah, I mean, <laughs> to kind of put a pin on it, it's it's really, I, I also think to your point, it's it's more effective when people do it casually. Like you don't have to step on your soapbox. Right. It's more effective. Like I saw a TV show and gosh, I'm blanking on what it was, but I saw a show and I thought it was really cool because it was about like some... Um, family turmoil that they were having or something like an issue with a, a friend and the family and these people in a family are talking about it. it's two brothers and they're talking about some issue they have like it has nothing to do with cannabis at all and they're sitting there and you know how like a lot of times on a show you'll see a guy like oh they'll be talking like that and they'll crack a beer here you go yeah. you know and they start drinking it's a beer it's not about the beer it's just about it's just that's what you do right Right. They did the same thing, except for they rolled a joint and he's talking and he lights it up like this and he's yeah. talking, oh, here you go. Yeah. And boom. And it had nothing to do with anything. Exactly. It's the first time I could ever remember well, seeing anything. like. And that. honestly, I'm seeing that more and more. It's funny. And, and I'm sure it's because I'm in the industry. So I'm a little bit like more sensitive yeah, to the way too, that like, sure. they portray us on television. Right. right? Like I'm always like, oh, that's not accurate. Uh, that's right. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know if we're allowed to say the shows on, <laughs> on this. You I'm are. Actually, I was watching um, Dead to Me, and it has Christina Applegate in it. And yes. there's a scene where, like, she, th there's two characters that are just sort of like having a stressful moment. And so they dip out into the car, roll a joint, and smoke it together. And it wasn't right. about having a session in the car. It was just like, you know, I'm stepping out to have a smoke. And yep. so I, I, I think that that is, I think right. that is going to be part of it. And I mean, and, and the characters in here, you know, it's, they're not, they're just, normal people that have jobs that just are yes. going about their business. So I, I really do think that that also is a piece of what's going to normalize consumption for sure.
media exactly. will have a lot to do with it. It will, and uh, you know, and and so will uh, if we have anything to do with it, Manifest Seven and Razzle. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, no. And so um, before we get out of here, Jane, it's been wonderful. I'm sure we could talk about destigmatizing uh, all day. <laughs> I certainly could. Um, uh, but um, let's uh, let people know where they can find you and Manifest Seven before we get out of here. Yeah, no, absolutely. So Manifest Seven can be found at Manifest Seven, the number seven dot com. Um, I'm the senior director of operations, and I primarily head a Highlanders distribution which is highlandersdistribution.com. Um, and, and certainly if anybody's interested in knowing a little bit more about the cannabis space or just how maybe their skill sets can be transferred into this, I, I'm always, always happy to help anybody learn and grow. So they can also reach me on LinkedIn. Excellent. Um, and that goes for me too. Uh, I'm Brian Holler. And of course, you can find uh, me at Brian Holler or Holler 1012, depending on what platform you're on. Uh, and then of course, um, you can find Manifest 7 and many of their associated companies uh, in the Razzle business directory or services index. Um, and of course, if you're looking to raise capital, go to Razzle.com, raise capital uh, section. We'd love to hear from you. Anyhow, thank you so much, Jane. I really appreciate it. I look forward to doing it again soon. I uh, hope you're well and have a good day. Absolutely. Thanks, Brian. Talk to you soon. You got it. Bye.